One of the most important parts of naming your new business is finding a website name that works. Today's episode is brought to you by .ca. Join thousands of Canadian entrepreneurs who have chosen .ca as the trusted online home for their business. Visit sierra.ca forward slash startup today. A real entrepreneur with a gourmet burger business, serving up real questions with a dash of reality. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. And now broadcasting from Fredericton, New Brunswick, Rivers Corbett. Welcome to Startup Canada Podcast, the show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett. The Startup Canada Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, a grassroots entrepreneur-led movement to bring together, celebrate, and give a voice to Canada's entrepreneurship community. On the podcast, we speak with the movers and shakers of Canada's entrepreneurship community and explore themes in entrepreneurship, startups, investment, innovation, and what I think is the most important thing, impact. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Intuit QuickBooks, your partner in starting and growing a financially fit and fundable business. Check out startupcan.ca backslash finance to sign up for a startup finance bootcamp near you, and you'll get 50% off QuickBooks online for your business. This month, we are featuring leaders in the Canadian entrepreneurship community. And as part of our Thought Leadership Series today, we are speaking with Rick Spence, a popular Toronto-based writer, speaker, and consultant on business growth, entrepreneurship, and opportunities. Last year, Rick won the Startup Canada Media Person of the Year Award and has recently joined the Board of Directors of Startup Canada. Rick is the co-founder of connectinc.ca, a writer for the National Entrepreneurship Columnist at National Post, and is the president of Can Entrepreneur Communications. He was formerly a publisher and editor of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, which is actually where I met Rick. The president, he was also the president of the National Ma- uh, Magazine Awards Foundation and the managing editor for the Financial Times of Canada. During this interview, we're going to explore a ton of topics such as diverse. So, so diverse as the top traits of successful entrepreneurs, tech bubbles and busts, BlackBerry, and other notable Canadian business news and the evolution and trends in the Canadian entrepreneurship community. Rick, welcome, my friend. Thank you, Rivers. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, we go back a long ways, about uh, uh, 15, 16 years. Yeah, we sure do, and it's been a great journey. And uh, and without uh, covering too much of that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you for a fact that this man I'm about to speak to has had a tremendous impact on the, my uh, beginning career in the entrepreneurship startup entrepreneurship journey. And uh, possibly I wouldn't be where I am today without uh, without the connection with him. So it's very kind. So I got I got to tell people though. What, about okay, what, you tell the story. I got to tell people we we started this. This event at Profit Magazine, uh, a growth camp. It was a boot camp. We were bringing in entrepreneurs from across the country who made our list of the top startups, the top uh, new new startups in Canada. And just to uh, just as a stunt, we made we left one seat open for someone who wanted to to bid for a seat at growth camp. Proceeds going to Junior Achievement, which is a great cause uh, for mm. entrepreneurship in Canada. And Rivers. <laughs> set out to win that and i can't remember how much you bid but you won that. i think it was over 600 bucks right how much was it i think it was over 600 between 600 and 800 it was over 600 i, I know that yeah yeah 
And uh, so, 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 so you came out. You came out from New Brunswick to Toronto for or north of Toronto to our old hydro Ontario hydro camp, where we held growth <laughs> yeah. camp, and yeah. had a fabulous time. You fit in so well with all the entrepreneurs that you decided to be on that list, and uh, you got there too. I did, sir. Yeah, that's right. I did came out of that saying it's uh, as much as it is fun being involved. And you know what? They all they all embraced me, even though I wasn't on the list. Uh, one thing I loved about that group is they all embraced me. And one of the guys is from Fredericton, and I still connect with them uh, with him now. And the interesting thing, I don't know if you remember this part, but they were giving away at that event a 25 year old bottle of Scotch, uh, McLaren Scotch, and I want it that's right believe it or not yeah great story and and it's it continues and i brought it home and i'm not a scotch drinker but this mclaren's was a special thing from all the scotch guys told me anyway and i said when i reach a million dollars in revenue with my first company uh, I will have this bottle of scotch. And so I held on to it for another year and uh, I made it by $25,000 over a million. And I drank that scotch bottle with my buddy. So uh, it's amazing. Great story. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it really is. Um, well, look, my friend, you've been quoted as saying entrepreneurship is the most important force in society today for innovation, economic growth and individual achievement. Uh, do you still believe in that quote? I absolutely do. I think I made yeah, it up. Well, why do you believe this is the case then? I think we face a lot of problems as a society, not to get too serious about it, but uh, we, our institutions are failing us. Our governments are notoriously in debt and really don't know what to do. They're cutting back services everywhere you look. Our, our, our schools aren't really preparing people for the, uh, uh, for the challenges that, that they're going to face in the, in, in, in the coming years. And so many of our big businesses are fairly rigid and they're not really responding to consumer needs. They're, 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 they're not putting the interests of their home market first. So right. as individuals, we look around and say, well, what's the future going to be like? And where's the help going to come from? And I see it in entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship being, A, the process of bringing new products and services to market. So to meet changing market needs for both consumers and businesses. So entrepreneurs mm -hmm. are responsible for so much innovation in our society. Yes, And in fact, when big businesses innovate, it's, they often do it. And you see this at IBM, you see it at Facebook, you see it at General Foods. They they innovate by buying companies that have taken the risks, come up with <laughs> winning products, and then are happy yeah. to get sold for big amounts, big multiples uh, to these big companies. So entrepreneurs are essentially the really important R&D testing grounds for big business. And on the individual level, on the personal level, entrepreneurship, the skills involved in successful entrepreneurship are the skills that you and I and our kids will require as they go through their journey through life, the idea of being able to really analyze what's going on, on around you, the ability to question and say, why couldn't it be this way? What if it were this way? Would it work if we did this or that? And the confidence and the ability to execute and say, hey, let's try and make something happen here. Let's try and create yeah. a little bit of social change in our market or in this or, 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 or in our community. Those are the entrepreneurship skills that we need in order to create a much more human future at a time when, as I say, the institutions mostly don't have a clue as to what's going on. 
Yeah, no clue at all. You know, there's a small community in the northern part of uh, New Brunswick that uh, recently uh, there's a pizza making plant there, and it was re- it was bought by a group out of, out of Europe. I can't remember the group, and anyway, the the story of the day was the doom and gloom as to whether or not people were going to be able to keep their jobs. They were going to close the plant or whatever. And I just sat back and said, "Man, what a sad state of affairs that we have not given people the basic tools to be able to say to themselves, I'll be okay because I can look after myself, even if it's just for a six to eight month." time period while another business opens up and I can get a job. But we just have not given people the tools for self-sufficiency in, um, in, from an economic perspective. And it's a real sad state of fear. We, t- we turn them into beggars. But you know, good point. But I would disagree with you a little bit. We have, oh, no. we have given you the tools. We have given them the tools. The internet, the ability to serve people, to ah. deliver product. Uh, yeah. the, you know, that's the ideal tool. 20 years ago, 25 years ago, we didn't see it coming. We didn't know right. it was going to change all of entrepreneurship as we know it. So we've given yeah. people the tools, but we haven't given them the will or the confidence to, to use yeah. these tools the right way. And so right. people, whether whether you're talking, you know, the Beta Shalur area or whatever in northern New Brunswick, where, where the, the traditional, you know, resource uh, industries have, have failed and people are wondering what to do. Those are great places to live, great communities to live yeah. in. And there's all sorts of things people could do using modern technology to be able to have great uh, businesses, great lives there. And right. uh, we, we, and that's why we need a real entrepreneurship revolution, a continuing entrepreneurship revolution, in order to give people the confidence to use these tools the right way. Well, it, it, and now I'll disagree with you, if you don't mind, because I would say that, yes, the tools are important, but if you don't have the architectural design capability, it's no, you, any house will be built. You got to have that foundation of, of how it all comes together and then go to the tool chest to best use the tools to reach that. So let's call it a draw. Okay. <laughs> we need to understand, I, th- I think we're agreed on, that we need that as an individual who wants to be an entrepreneur, you have to understand what your talents are, what your gifts are, yes. how you can make yes. them work in the context that you want them to work, and then see how you can use these tools. I talked a couple right. of years ago right. to a woman not too far from Dalhousie, New Brunswick, in northern New Brunswick, and, ah, yeah, and, right and she was delighted to, to, to win a prize from TELUS, I, I believe it was, uh, that yes. enabled her to, to really start up a business uh, providing at, at in-home care for senior citizens. So many senior yes. citizens there, not well served by the local hospital network, not a lot of doctors. And uh, it's it's a tremendous business that that, that that brings her desire to stay in that area, yes. links that yes. with the ability to serve seniors in a much more cost-effective way than the institutions yeah. can do. Yeah, so, right. so, so you have to somehow put those two things together your skills in the market and find where you fit in. And then yeah, very cool. the internet and other technologies gives us the tools to then succeed as much as we want once we've got right. that match. Bang on. Okay. I like that. I think we're okay, okay now. So listen, you could cover anything in the world of journalism. I've seen you. I've watched you. I've seen you connect with students, uh, older people, many different facets of conversations. Why entrepreneurs and small business? What's that spark that continues to have you so focused and passionate about this subject matter? Well, it's all related to that opening statement that you said about how I think entrepreneurship is such an important force for economic development and personal development. I see entrepreneurship changing lives all the time, changing the lives of the entrepreneurs, the people who embrace entrepreneurship um, and, 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 and 
developing communities, as we talked about in northern New Brunswick. And right. I find that just the best thing to write about. I did, in starting my career, I started writing about big business, which is what business journalists mainly do. And that meant you sort, right. of, you sort of take dictation from the CEOs as they talk about their vision for the upcoming year or two or three. And mm. it, you do that for a year or two and you find out that the big CEOs, most of them running organizations, they can't begin to understand. Mm. Um, they only have two strategies. One is to either double down on what we do best, stick to our knitting, or uh, expand and diversify while remaining true to our core. And whatever the predecessor CEO did, the new CEO will do differently, and it'll go on and as, as, as this uh, cyclic tag team uh, forever. And generally, these CEOs don't last long enough to actually be held accountable for the results of the decisions they make. So I saw big mm. business as essentially a broken uh, system. Mm. And I, and so I tried to bring to the pages of the Financial Times of Canada, entrepreneurs, the people who are starting new things in technology and retail, which that those are the two areas where you, you tend to see entrepreneurship develop most, uh, or at least at first. And right. uh, occasionally I could squeeze a story in there about people who were actually doing exciting new things. Uh, yes. But yes. for the most part, it was the old stuff. And so eventually yeah. I found my, my place, as you mentioned, at Profit Magazine, which was all yeah. about small business and entrepreneurs and the people who, are, who really understand how business is done because they know their businesses, they know their markets better than the big corporate guys ever do. And uh, they're empowered to do what they want and follow their instincts to make all kinds of changes. And they're, boy, are they accountable. So there's so much fun to write about. They're tremendous personalities. Uh, they have great visions. They don't always succeed. And it often, it usually takes much longer than they thought. But yeah. it, they're great people to write about. And the changes that they're bringing to the Canadian landscape, whether it's commerce or whether it's governance or whether it's individual lives, uh, you know, is phenomenal. Let's kind of let's kind of see if I can peg you in to who was your favorite entrepreneur to interview and why. Wow. Um, or well, I'll say one of your favorites because I know you. I know you're, you. You love us all. There, but who was one of your favorites? There's a ton of them. Um, I'm a huge fan of Bruce Poontip. I interviewed many times. He runs a company called G Adventures. Yeah. Yes, I've read about him many times in your magazine. Yeah. G Adventures, mm. the world's largest adventure travel firm started by a kid from Calgary who came to Toronto and set up shop in a garage and had a fax machine <laughs> and led people on tours <laughs> machine. to Peru. It. And now he, the, his company has uh, a thousand employees. It's in the, it's well above the $200 million mark in, in revenues. It's, it's the largest company of its kind. He's, he's uh, rejecting, you know, takeover offers every month, if not every week. And he's created a company that has connected people all over the world to amazing communities at tourist destinations around the world. So he doesn't just take you to Machu Picchu. He takes you into the villages and lets you meet the people, eat the way they eat, stay in places that are not air-conditioned hotels. He gives people experiences. So his, his clients, he calls them travelers. They come back over and over again. And he's created a foundation. So that travelers who get connected to these communities can then stay connected to the communities over the, over the internet, and and contribute to causes. And they saved, they, wow. they, they raised zillions of dollars. And Bruce is one of those few guys who who started the company and still continues to think he's the best guy to run it. And I, I think most yeah. people think that 
he does, and he's constantly reinventing it. So he's he's always great copy. He's always doing something new. Most people know him for the uh, for, for the icebreaker that sank in Antarctica a few years ago. So <laughs> no one, no lives were lost. Everyone was saved. Everyone was fine. And he's bought another one, and he's still doing Antarctica tours. So an exciting entrepreneur yeah. and and a great guy with a real vision for how business can be a positive force for individuals wow. and for social change. Well, let's uh, let's let's kind of uh, take that thread, if we could, and continue on through with those interviews of all of us. And I know you've interviewed me too. And um, but what do you see as the common traits of successful entrepreneurs? And let's and there's probably you know twelve of them, but let's say the top two. Sure. Um, <laughs> I think curiosity is huge. Mm-hmm. That, that's where entrepreneurship that's begins. Is you saying, what if we actually had a burger that tasted good? Yeah. You know? What if what if we had a choice? What if we had more choice? What if we could take Bruce Bruce Mantip would say, what if we could take people who now just go sit on a cruise ship on the on, on their behind for for six days? What if we could take them somewhere and give them a real experience that would change their lives? Mm. Uh, so it's what if what if what if and 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 that curiosity to say, and if so, how can I make it happen? The, the you know it's curiosity that gets all these things started. So I think that's really important. And, I mean, the ability to execute vision, the, the ability to create a vision for what you want to see, those are important. But I think the next thing is just the, the communication skills, the people skills that enable you as an entrepreneur to get other people to believe in you. That's what's mm. so important. We've all met smarmy people who we said, you know, I wouldn't give that guy a dollar. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't spend a minute working on that project with him. I get the wrong vibe. So to be able to, to credibly and to create trust by saying, I've got a great idea for a project. I'd like you to help fund it. I'd like you to help work in it. Maybe you can recommend someone who can help me. Someone who can access all the sources uh, of help and resources that they need to start a business. It starts with that ability to communicate. This is the vision I have and the ability to, to, to get you excited about taking part in it. So the best entrepreneurs do that. They create a sense of trust and a sense of shared vision and excitement. And they, they get the help they need to go from there. Wow. And, of course, they invest in keeping that excitement going also. Yeah. 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 So, look, I, I am in, in my extensive research that I did uh, to prepare for this interview, uh, you went to Monaco last year to cover, uh, or recently anyway, you covered the Ernst & Young Global Entrepreneurship Entrepreneur Awards. Right. Tell us about that experience and how did Canada really stack up to what's going on around the globe? Yeah, that was, that was really interesting. So I went two years in a row to Monaco where they hold this competition. So Ernst & Young has an Entrepreneur of the Year competition in about 60 countries around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canada was the second to get to get that. Nice. And, uh, it's the, and, and they've been doing the global version of it for about 13 years now, I think. The very first a yes. World Entrepreneur of the Year was Canadian. Guillaume Liberté of Cirque du Soleil won it. Uh, so that was nice. a, a great yeah, yeah. kudos for Canada. Um, yeah. It's fascinating to go there because you see these, these award-winning entrepreneurs from all over the world. So they're the most accomplished, brazen group of people. You could ever meet. Many of them don't speak English. So there are, you know, (laughs) all kinds of communication problems. But uh, I got there, I I went there as a a journalist. So I got to meet a lot of these people. The first year that I went, my interest was in talking to people from communist or ex communist countries. 
Now that was your interest, so that's what you yeah, specifically focused on. Yeah, so that's, that's what I said. These yeah. are the guys I'm okay. going to seek out and talk to. So yeah. I talked to the entrepreneur of the year from mainland China, who re- who runs a bank, and I said, "How do you run a bank in China?" And and it was fascinating. We had to talk to an interpreter, but uh, this was a bank that was building itself through essentially consumer strategies you might find at at at, at Portage in Maine. Uh, yeah. Very Western strategies to get young people involved with apps and and debit cards and all kinds of fun things that he was bringing to China for the first time. Um, got to meet uh, a guy running a transportation company in the Czech Republic. It had been taken away from his father when the uh, when when when, when the, uh, the the Soviets uh, brought the Eastern Bloc together in the 1940s. He sort of wow. rebuilt it from scratch. Uh, as, as the Iron Curtain lifted back in the early 90s and was and, and has built a transportation company that's now working for major Western employers uh, and del- making deliveries across Europe. Uh, a woman who wow. had started, a, she was a medical doctor who continued being a medical doctor while also starting a chemicals company that was producing cleaning products and, and, and all sorts of things and innovative cleaning products in Poland. And she was now beginning to export to retailers around yeah. what we know as Western Europe. So I was very much seeing that uh, uh, that these Eastern European countries, or China, in the, in the case of the banker, um, really catching up to Western competitors in terms of innovation, in terms of, of, of technique, uh, in terms of just the entrepreneurial energy of making things happen under very difficult conditions. And you know, I don't want to be a Canadian competing against some of these Eastern Europeans because those guys have overcome worse conditions than we can imagine and, and, and they're coming along so uh that really made me realize that canadians and i, I had the same experience the, the following year when i focused on latin american entrepreneurs because i thought i know so little about what's going on in south america or central america let's find out what's going mm-hmm. on there and again met amazing entrepreneurs who have their eyes on the united states market and bringing real innovation there uh tremendous innovation in data and, and security and services as well as product and I'm thinking Canadians have to really get serious about becoming good at entrepreneurship because these innovations, they're going to come fast and furiously from every corner of the world. And if we're not prepared to compete with these people and to come up with equally good innovations and work equally hard, then we're going to end up working for these people and we're not going to have the head office jobs. We're going to be doing deliveries for them. So we've All got right, to get well, smarter. Well, let's take that. Let's take that and keep on going with that point. How do we do that? What do you feel needs to be done to take entrepreneurship and innovation in Canada to the next level? Yeah, um, I think it, ha- it goes straight to kindergarten. Actually, I think the most important thing is the education system. How do we get mm. school boards, school principals, school teachers invested in entrepreneurship? Uh, we have to do that. We have to get them teaching inculcating because you don't really teach these skills, teaching the skills of entrepreneurship, getting people to realize the, the importance of curiosity, of investigation, mm. of sizing up opportunities, learning about organizational behavior, learning leadership skills. These are the things entrepreneurs have. We've got to create that confidence in people that they can make a difference as individuals mm. because mm. they can. And, mm. and, and that's, what I, that's one of the things I love about entrepreneurship I didn't talk about earlier. It's just seeing individuals making a difference in the world. When I was growing up, it didn't look like our world was going that way. It looked like mm-hmm. big business and big government would always make the decisions for us because the world was so complex. 
But it right. turns out the world is too complex for the institutions and the government. <laughs> yes, yep. But individuals, each of us knowing our own thing, whether it's a nurse in northern New Brunswick or a, a journalist who's interested in technology and entrepreneurship in Toronto or a guy who, who knows good cooks in New Brunswick, they can make a difference. Yeah. We can make it, and, we can and, all make a huge difference. And we need to, to be told that from a very early age or else we'll just set out to work in the post office. Yeah. And and then, of course, to be given the tools to, as you say a little earlier about the, the Internet and what, what the what a great equalizer that has become for somebody that's six years old to be able to compete against some successful business guy that's 67 years old. And yeah. He hasn't got a clue what's happening. Very, the other thing I would cool. like to see, this, this may sound a bit self-serving coming from a guy who just joined the board of Startup Canada, but I think government yeah. have to support entrepreneurship movements better. Governments right. are giving big businesses, grants of all kinds to maintain outmoded factories and try and retain jobs somehow in various parts of the world, especially in the ridings that their MPs come from. And mm -hmm. so, so, so it's a broken system already. And if we yeah. can, if we can reduce the, the funding to, to, to lost causes and try and devote more to organizations like Startup Canada, which have the, uh, the, the, the ability to do great things to, to, to really leverage uh, the entrepreneurial revolution and, and, and engage more people, more communities, more teachers, more corporate sponsors in, the, in, in, in this. Uh, it'd be great. Government actually is not good. At, it's tried to encourage entrepreneurship itself, but government doesn't understand entrepreneurship. They, they can't mm -hmm. be entrepreneurial. Uh, they don't know how to do it. So we've got to find organizations and uh, they, they need so little help but they need help. But it's so little in the grand uh, treasury of things that uh, governments really have to look at how they can help entrepreneurial organizations, people, and institutions help uh, help catalyze entrepreneurship across the country. Um, you know, it's it's when I go through that government conversation, it's never about hey, I need money. It's hey, I need leadership, and I need a voice of of uh, of of reassurance to the community about the importance of entrepreneurs and their contribution to to society and, and as a whole. Because as you and I know, without entrepreneurs, without business, nothing exists. And so, what I'm looking for is that voice that says to the to the constituents. We just need to make sure we're looking after that piece of the pie, because if we look after them, then everything else is going to be looked after just fine. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, I, I don't want government giving out money to entrepreneurs left and right. But I think right. if you find an organization, maybe it's a school, maybe it's an accelerator, maybe it's a, a wonderful a, a entrepreneurship education teacher in Peace River. Um, right. Find ways to support those people. Have a have a have a. I guess slush fund is a bad word to use when talking about government because they take it seriously. But yeah. <laughs> have have some grants or awards programs or something that allows us to support those people in their work. It's not enough to give them an award. You have to help support them, help right. them replace themselves. Entrepreneurship yeah. is a difficult thing to get around, and and it's certainly a, a you know a, a a life that's very demanding, and right. so entrepreneurship needs supporters entrepreneurs need all the encouragement and all the infrastructure all the uh, all the cheerleaders they can find
Yeah, bang on. Um, I I had this uh, this this question for you about uh, a common theme that that you may or may not have discovered amongst entrepreneurs. But I look to myself and I think of all the trials and tribulations and quicksands and alligators and so on I went through. But at the end of it, if someone says to me, "Would you change anything?" The answer is unequivocally no. I love the journey that I'm on. Do you find that that's fair? Uh, for most entrepreneurs that you uh, that you interview, um, yeah, the, I think the thing I get most often is I ask if you could do this all over again, would you? And often they say no. If I had known then how long it would take and how hard it would be, you know, I don't think I would have done it. Hmm. And 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 and. That's a, a very interesting admission, and and I think it's very real. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they're really glad they did it. You know, they yeah. can't imagine what else they would have done that would have engaged them over that right. ten year period or or whatever it was. Um, but they're very aware of how hard it was, and they're often aware of the toll it takes on their personal time, often on their families, and sure. and, and and it's 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 a very tough road to hoe. So I like trying to include that in some of the stories I write. Just to remind people that it's hard. We're not just venerating heroes without noting the sacrifices and the problems and, 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 and the, the, the challenges that are out there. But in the end, you just know that entrepreneurs, it, it, it's, it's not just a job. It's a way of thinking. It's, it's a way of living your life. And right. there's no way they can take that back and just go to work for a bank. And, right. and, 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 right. and fill a role. They're, they're, right. That would be worse. Yeah, they, they really become unemployable. They, they are definitely unemployable. They, they, they mm. make good mentors. Yep. They might make good investors. They might make good board directors, but they're definitely unemployable. <laughs> <laughs> Once you drank the Kool-Aid, it's over. So, Rick, look, you've been recently become very impassioned about uh, veteran entrepreneurship. Um, you know, how did that all come about? I mean, it's it's a very cool focus. Yeah, um, I guess I've uh, I've been very focused on business and entrepreneurship over the past few decade or two, and. You know, you, but you can't help be aware of other things going on in society. And one was very much the 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 the, the, the hard work and sacrifice of uh, members of the armed forces of Canada uh, in a number of engagements that were very unsatisfying. Um, uh, whether you're talking uh, the Balkans or Afghanistan, these are very, very difficult places to be, to, to live, uh, and to have to f- keep the peace or fight. Very, very difficult things. And mm-hmm. seeing that, I'm not sure if it was it's any worse than, say, World War II, which is where my dad uh, uh, fought as a, as a captain in the infantry. Um, but people didn't recognize the problems when, when, when those veterans came home, and it wasn't really well Knowing how hard it was for them to find work, how far, how hard it was for them to start unseeing a lot of the things they had seen and, and to get over it. Now we 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 see that as 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 a real thing, uh, PTSD, post traumatic uh, stress disorder, and mm-hmm. and and veterans can't Veterans Affairs Canada is trying to deal with that. A lot of family groups and community groups are trying to deal with it on behalf of the veterans. And uh, one of the things that people who 
have been uh, who have retired from the forces or been discharged from the forces, they have trouble. A lot of them have trouble finding work that is worthy of them, worthy work that pays them the same amount of money that they might have earned in the armed forces. And uh, entrepreneurship could be a very important option for them. So one day I called Veterans Affairs uh, just to find out what programs do you have to help entrepreneurs, to help veterans start their own businesses, to become entrepreneurs. And they went away and uh, their, their PR people looked around and they came back and said, uh, nothing. And I said, we've got lots of programs to help them find jobs. And they said, yeah, you want us to tell you about them? I said, no, that's, that's the easy part. Um, mm. Should there be something for that? And they said, you know, they don't know. It's not up to them. Da, 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 da. And nothing has changed yeah. at Veterans Affairs. But uh, so I started looking around for other programs and found one. Uh, which was started by a group of students in the Enactus organization, which is sort of a uh, business-oriented student group. Uh, these guys were at St. John's University, or at Memorial University in St. John's, Newfoundland. And right. uh, they started a one-week program for uh, veterans to help them learn um, sort of the essence of entrepreneurship. And I, I, I talked to a couple of people who have been with that program, and it was Terrific. It changed their view of what they could do. And it gave them a lot of new, newfound confidence and gave them the skills to actually start an intelligent business. Right. And I realized that there's so much we could do to help veterans with information like this. And so um, I've been a big supporter of this program. It's now expanding. Uh, the program was called Based in Business. Now it's called uh, the Prince's Operation Entrepreneur. The Canadian government didn't support it initially, but the, mm. the charities. Uh, founded in the name of Prince Charles, the heir apparent nice. to the throne in Great Britain and of Canada, of course. Uh, his charities supported this program and helped take it nationally, take it national. So it's now offered at Laval University in Quebec, the University of Virginia, in Saskatchewan, at, uh, at uh, Dalhousie University in Halifax, and hopefully at an Ontario University next year. So that program is being expanded. Um, I was able to attend that boot camp last year in Regina and and, and work side by side with these uh, veterans, real heroes. And I'm also working on a book that I crowdfunded so we can give it away free on uh, startups for, for veterans. Uh, so wow. that uh, uh, anyone can access that kind of information. Uh, that wants to coming out of the forces or in preparing to retire or be discharged. So wow. it's, Good for it's, you. It's, it's a tremendous workforce. These, these veterans are so smart. Uh, they're so capable. They don't necessarily know how to fit back in. So any help yeah. we can give them is important, not just for them, but also to create a lot of, uh, of successful businesses and services in our communities across the country. Well, I know that the Canadian Franchise Association has recognized the uh, veterans as a uh, as a significant potential in their industry, given that veterans really understand uh, the the you know, one structure and two the the value of following a formula for success, and uh, so they're looking at ways to make it easy for veterans to uh, to get involved with the the franchising world as a as a business opportunity. So so that that's really cool stuff. Yeah. As a franchisor, of course, you also have to know that they're also really good at vending. Yes. You're cooking? <laughs> <laughs> Rick, um, so, you know, this whole crowdfunding uh, campaign you went through uh, was is is great, and it's it works. Um, you know, what's the 60-second uh, kind of uh, analysis, uh, reflection on that process you went through? Sure. 
Uh, crowdfunding is an alternative funding mechanism. I wanted to give my book away. So that was one way that I could uh, take the time to, to attend the boot camp and, and write the book without taking too much of a personal hit. Um, the book is taking longer than I thought, so the pain continues, but it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> crowdfunding isn't for everybody. Uh, I, I set a, a fairly reasonable goal of $5,000. I think I made 5600 or something, so I exceeded my goal. Nice. Uh, nice. But I, I, I learned that the general public is not engaging with crowdfunding. I asked for the Financial Post. I don't normally promote myself in my journalism. I asked for permission from the Financial Post to promote my crowdfunding project. When I did, it didn't move the needle at all. The fact that a million people read it across the country didn't change anything. I don't think uh, it resulted in, in, in 25 bucks. Uh, so so crowdfunding, crowdfunding is more difficult than you might imagine. In the end, the network, your own network, is what's going to support you. So when I um, emailed and otherwise contacted my own network and told them what I was doing and said that this cause needed their support, not me, it wasn't me that needed the support, but this cause then that's what put me over the top. Uh, so so it, it, it's not a mass. Uh, it looks like a mass tool. Anyone in the world can go to that page and see what you're doing. But the truth is that there's a, a, a 20,000 crowdfunding projects at any given time. So no one is going to see it unless you direct them to it, unless you give them a reason to support you. Right, right. Very cool. Well, look. If there's one guy that uh, that knows the, the 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 geography, the climate, the ecosystems across our country, it's you. But you know, where north and south is often more profitable and relevant than east and west. What are your views on how we can really bring and strengthen Canadian entrepreneurship community as a key component of nation building? Yeah. Um, well, as I as we said in the beginning, I think entrepreneurship is. A form of nation building. It's a form of community building and a form of nation building. Um, I, I've stayed involved with Startup Canada and gotten more involved because I like its approach. When we did a national tour of Canada three years ago, so, yes. uh, it, so, so communities and the nation, their interests are totally aligned. And it, it's great to see Can Startup Canada has more than 20 startup communities going now. There's going to be more coming. And mm -hmm. uh, these are organizations that are run by entrepreneurs. So they're, they're not allowed to be run by government people, founding yeah. organizations. Yeah. And so you can imagine the trouble when you ask entrepreneurs to actually manage something. Uh, it, it, means, <laughs> it, it means that there will be problems because they're all really busy doing their entrepreneurship thing too. But the result is we, will, that, that we are creating a unique and authentic organization that lives its ideals and that is creating change on the ground in cities across Canada. And that gives it the credibility to try and create change on the national scale. And that's how yeah. Look, uh, I, I can't thank you enough for joining us today, Rick. It's always a pleasure. And uh, you have made an impact on my life and many others. And please continue to do the magic that you do. Thank you so much. It was very kind of you. And you did a great job interviewing me. So now we're even. <laughs> yeah, now we're even. This has been Rick Spence, ladies and gentlemen, co-founder of ConnectInc.ca and National Post Entrepreneurship Columnist. You're listening to the Startup Canada podcast show. Startup Canada is your doorway into Canada. 
Canada's entrepreneurship community. Be sure to check out the website startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like the popular Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday, 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, where we deep dive into a startup topic with expert guests. From increasing sales to productivity hacking, visit startupcan.ca backslash events to browse and register for upcoming startup chats. That was very well done. It didn't sound like you were reading it at all. (laughs) I'm not done. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to keep people interested. If you want to connect with me, I'm at www.riverscorbett.ca where me and my friends can be contacted, including I can give you Rick Spence home telephone number (laughs) to call at any time of the day. (laughs) Two T's in Corbett. Two T's in Corbett, not Corbett with an E, and because that could cause cause problems with email hacking and so on. (laughs) Are you still there? (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, I'm Rivers Corbett with the incredible Rick Spence, and we wish you an enterprising week. Thank you very much. Thank you.